Hi, this is Philip Burta. And Bernard Zimmermann. Welcome to our podcast series, Virtual Leadership Development, How to Master the New Normal. Welcome from my side as well. In this series, we cover a range of topics that all have an influence or impact on leadership development and all its applications in a virtual context. In today's, our 10th episode, we will cover how to own this virtual process and which elements we need to own. Why is it so important to own the process? From my perspective, it's all about preparation, preparation, preparation. It's about immersing yourself because that's mm -hmm. in the end what leads to self-confidence. Being fully familiar with the process means you know where the risk situations are and you've dealt with alternative strategies to mitigate these. And I mean, being especially familiar with those situations, it's these situations that make us feel vulnerable. Bernard, let's dive in. Yes, so when we thought about which elements we should really cover here, we decided to focus on the four most important ones, at least from our experience, and that is preparation, observation in the course of the workshop, hook and purpose, and check-in. So let's start with preparation. The first one for me is technology, preparation for technology or the technology platform. Now, one aspect there is you need to be clear what you want to achieve in that workshop or in that interaction. That depends what platform you should go for. Okay. Do you need you know, interactive in small group sessions or do you need a larger audience? And do you need some uh, permanent elements in, for example, breakout groups or not? That determines then whether you go for a platform that has a higher complexity or a lower complexity. And just give you an example of what I mean with lower complexity is what you and I, Philip, we use is Zoom or it yeah. could be Microsoft Teams uh, or Starleaf or other elements, depending on the functionality you need. The higher complexity family of, of platforms, I would say, is, for example, Adobe Connect or uh, WebEx Training or GoToTraining, etc. And in the preparation, first is the selection, but then when you do your preparation, you need to spend time to practice, practice, practice on your own, but also with maybe a colleague or a friend to see how does it land with the participants and at the end with your clients or with your colleagues when you work on that, that you are in a state with the app that it becomes second nature. You okay. don't need to scramble around because that just kind of makes it much, much easier. And it helps you to focus on your delivery, to focus on the participants mm -hmm. and not being distracted yourself by technology. So there's one thing that I noticed that you do and which I really like. I mean, we've spoken about it many times. Before you start a workshop or a meeting, you ask people to join 15 minutes before the start for a prep session. Now, I'm convinced about the benefits of that, but maybe just explain briefly, what's the background to this? Well, the background is that, you know, every computer setting is different. Every, you cannot imagine how many different browser settings are possible, even in the same organization. And that adds a bit of the complexity in terms of how to join the session and give people the time to come in. Or if something doesn't connect, 
get out, come back in, and then explain the functionalities of the platform, what they see, what they can use, and how to use that. When people come in, I start talking in a loop. Look up to the left-hand corner. There's the microphone. It's yet, it's not <laughs> green, possibly, etc. There's a loudspeaker on the bottom. This is there, etc. So, and I repeat that over and over again. Sometimes I forget, but I said, for those who've been here already, I just repeat for the others that join. That helps participants, I think, to just settle in, especially when they're in a new environment. You know, when I experienced that for the very first time, I was a bit frustrated by people only checking in 10 minutes ahead, five minutes ahead, having to listen to the loop, as you call it. So my first reaction was frustration. But I very quickly realized, but hold on, that's important because you really hear it more than once. And every time you hear it, you become more familiar with it yourself. So that by the time the workshop actually starts, you are familiar with what is happening. My second frustration was also with the people who came in late. So for those people who may be participating in a future workshop or meeting, and somebody says, well, let's meet 15 minutes early and get all the prep out of the way. Please get there in time because it's frustrating for the others. There really is a benefit in understanding exactly what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. Yes, sometimes the people come in late, either they struggle or they just kind of have a habit to be late. When you imagine you have one and a half hours together, that's precious time. And then people come in late and you lose another 10, 15 minutes. That is even more frustrating. And I think also disrespectful for those who made the effort to be there on time. In my experience, there is always somebody who has a problem with tech, who is either the sound doesn't work or the video doesn't work. So this 15 minutes is really worth gold. Yes. So next to technology preparation is also the process and preparing participants for the process. It's always good to prepare participants what's going to happen. You can do that in the 10, 15 minutes before, or depending also again on, on the technology, you may have a tech prep or tech check session mm -hmm. even before the workshop. And then you tell participants what's happening, what is the process they will experience throughout the workshop. That helps for participants to be at ease, especially when they're in a new platform working with you for the first time. And it helps you also to manage their expectations. So they're coming in with the right frame of mind and know what is their responsibility to contribute and create value for themselves and for the others. Okay. You also sometimes send a document regarding preparation. Yes, a document. If I can't give them a tech check session or if I don't think it's necessary, they get a document that describes how they come into the session. And occasionally I give them also some videos to, to show what the app we use is about. Uh, if it's low complexity, that's most of the time sufficient. They have to go through that. Now, beyond preparation, I also want to cover one of the key elements that's observation, especially with participants. And for me, number one is it's important to know the names, to be familiar with the names, to not think, oh, who's that? In most of the platforms, they can write their name when they check in. Please ask them to do that. It helps you and it gives the relationship, the interaction you have with them, a very different quality. You speak with each other by first name or depending on the context, by the name they want to be addressed. 
Yeah. Uh, that's important, I think, because it brings you closer together. What my experience is in exactly this is if you're not familiar with the names, it's much more difficult to recognize the voices when they speak. And then it just becomes a free for all and you have no direction or recognition. Who am I going to pose a question to? You basically just speaking into the black ether. Indeed. The physicians notice that you obviously don't address them directly or have a one-on-one -on -one interaction when you call on Peter or Isabel or Joseph. That is very clear to them. Now, the other part is also in a workshop. Uh, when you work together, pay attention and observe who is actually interacting. When I start working with a group, I don't use these fancy attention tracking things. They are kind of critical because you intrude the privacy of participants and they've actually been now negatively labeled. You don't need that. I simply have a list with the names of participants. When they interact, I just keep tabs on who is interacting. The more familiar I am with the group, the easier it is and I forget the list. But then you say, well, hang on a minute. Uh, Peter hasn't said anything for a while. So you address yeah. Peter, what's going through your mind? I haven't heard or we haven't heard from you for a while. That's important because that brings people in. And the secondary effect is obviously they know that they cannot just kind of wander Absolutely. off. When we talked about the challenges, you know, the multitasking in the mind. No, no, they, mm -hmm. they know. I've heard it even in the feedback. Now, when you work with Bernard, you cannot just rely that you won't be called on. You have always be prepared. I remember one workshop I did quite some time ago where it was a demo workshop for a bigger program. And one of the L&D persons said to me afterwards, I thought I could do some emails while participating in this demo workshop. <laughs> but actually, A, the time flew by like nothing. And B, I was so immersed in the discussion. You called on me all the time that I couldn't do anything else. I was so hooked in the interaction. Uh, absolutely, Bernard. You know, the system you just talked about, keeping track of who's talking or who is interacting, doing that actually helps you get to know the names. Yes. Because now you also are focusing on the people who haven't said anything. And it's drawing those people into the conversation that makes the whole thing work. You know, one of my biggest frustrations when I take part in a workshop with others is if the person who's facilitating the workshop or the meeting only focuses on the two, three people who dominate the conversation. Hmm. And you can literally feel how everybody else starts peeling away, just become passive. And then finally, it's just a conversation and a workshop for two or three people. I hate being one of the people who I constantly have to have my voice heard. Hmm. So you need to balance it out. And if you don't know the names, if you don't know the faces, if you haven't recognized the voice, how people are responding, or even if they are just nodding or yeah. they are there, you cannot control this process. Yeah. In the workshops I do, I ask people to keep the videos on because then I see body language. Some people said, well, you lose body language. Actually, I don't think so. You can see at least the head moving, the eyes, mm -hmm. how they smile or how they move the, the upper part of the body. For me, that's enough. The thing that I just want to bring in here is as facilitators or leaders in a workshop, we sometimes want to blame the participants for not taking part but people are different. Yeah. And the people who are shy or who are reticent, they have something to say. 
And it's our job to help them say that. Now, my experience in a virtual session is that it's exactly the same and it's even more difficult mm -hmm. for people who are, let's say, more shy, more reticent to be out there. So you really need to create that, that space for them. And the only way that you can do that is by observing and interacting yourself. Yeah. You're in charge of the workshop or the meeting. Now, one element that comes in as well, on top of what you just described, how participants arrive, in a virtual environment, some people may have hesitation to interact through technology. You need to pay attention to that. And by making it as natural as possible, the interaction with them, they may lose this hesitation and open up as well. So that's an element, you know, you, you just need to look out for. So beyond the observation, which you need to do in parallel to running the workshop or meeting, other elements you need to own in order to make the workshop as engaging as possible are hook and purpose. And these two topics we will cover in our next episode. Philip, what question do we have to reflect on for our next episode? If you think of the, your last online meeting or workshop on a scale of one to 10, with one being low and 10 being high, how clear were you and the other participants about exactly why you were participating in this meeting or workshop? That's it from me. Thank you, everyone. And a big thank you from me as well. But finally, before we go, if you would like to connect with us or share your insights and feedback, please feel free to do so either on linkedin.com, Bernard Zimmerman at contact, that is C-O-N hyphen T-A-C-T, or Philip Bota. We are both based in Germany or you connect with us via email at philip at bota.net or bernard.simmerman at contactinternational.com. That is c-o-n hyphen t-a-c-t hyphen international.com. We look forward to connecting in our next episode. Thank you and goodbye.